Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Well, hi, go. It is a fantastic Monday here in the Queen City. Those not know that we start with North Carolina, where we are from. This is the Dennis and Andy Show. I'm Andy. My partner over, I always point the wrong way. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Cameras are backwards, and I'm Dennis. Welcome That's to the show. Welcome to the Monday show, which we're going to start calling the interview show, because last week we interviewed Mark Poulton and Clint Helinski. That last name is always going to get me. Talking about their project, Sea uh, Dog on Indiegogo. And this week, we have another guest. Dennis, we have another guest. We do. Who is it this week, Andy? It's our good buddy, Graham Nolan. So without further ado, there he is. The John Wayne of comics himself. Hello, pilgrims. <laughs> Look at that. Graham <laughs> Nolan. And I pause there because usually when I when I call up a friend of mine in town, and I'm not talking about you, Dennis, but somebody else, I always, well, it's Bud Root. It's not like I have to hide his name. I When he answers, I always go, Bud effing Root. <laughs> I didn't want to throw that language down to you, Graham. I respect you too much. I'm used to it, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Graham effing Nolan is in the, his house. There you go. We're going to be talking Alien Alamo, Graham's new project. Let's uh, let's share that screen and show it to the world. All right. All right. Let me get it going up here. Oh, there it is. Very nice. Very nice. Hot like off the success of the Chinoo mm -hmm. comes Alien Alamo. So why a Western? Well, I love Westerns, for one. 
Uh, and this story was going to be originally my whole idea was to make a modern day version of the rifleman. Mm -hmm. That's a TV show from the 1950s with Chuck Connors, uh, because it was all about the relationship with him and his son. And so that was the, the, the beginning stages of it. And then it sort of evolved from there. Uh, and it became a, um, I like cross genres too. I like to cross right. genres. Um, so, um, I wanted to do like, like I said, the rifleman, but I also wanted to have, um, something different in it to make it different. And so, uh, I, I made it a, a sci-fi Western. Oh, cool. I was actually going to ask you, and we'll, we'll play the video again, of course, throughout the show and stuff. We'll bookend it that way. So other people would see it when they join. I was actually going to ask, because I know you do a show on um, Saturdays about Westerns. Mm -hmm. Do you go back and rewatch those during the week before you yes. do it? Yeah. You do. I so do. are these ones that you own on DVD then? or? Yeah, I either own them on, on hard copy DVDs or I've bought them on Voodoo. So I have oh, them yeah. digitally up in the, up in the cloud. Um, I've got, mo I mean, all, all, most of my movies are either Westerns or monster movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and that... You know, that kind of leads to the next question, because I, I I can admit, I don't think I've watched in my entire life more than 10 Westerns. And and the oldest one probably is from the 80s, if there was even a good one in the 80s. Like the first one that comes to mind is Unforgiven, right? That was 90s. Oh, I know that was 90s, I, but yeah. I know I've had to have seen something before that as well. Did you ever see Lonesome Dove? No. Oh. oh, no! I've only seen okay. I've only seen clips of like McClintock. Western. You've had to have seen McClintock at least that True Grit or McClintock. Everybody True Grit. I have the seen the original those John Wayne movies. I've seen the original True Grit. I okay, have. there you go. Because I went back and watched it after the one that came out a couple years back. Oh, so. Mm. But my question is. Do you see yourself running out anytime soon? Is your library that extensive for your Saturday thing, Westerns? Because oh. I assume once you do, you'll move to Monsters or something else. But like, <laughs> well, no, Monsters is, uh, uh, I, I started with a show called The 31 Days of Monsters. And that right. uh, that starts uh, October 1st. So I'll have that covered. That's that's 31 every single day. It's another monster movie and I'll, I, I stream uh, every morning for that one. Uh, so I don't think I'll run it. I mean, there's Westerns have been around for over a hundred years. Uh, so okay. uh, there's plenty to choose from. Uh, then there's also TV shows. Like I did one on the rifleman. Oh, okay. uh, and you know, there's so many others that, that I could tap into. Um, I just bought the bravados. That's when that one's going to be coming up pretty soon. Great revenge tale. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I got plenty. Plenty to keep me going. <laughs> so, are, are they mainly American uh, westerns, or do you do like the Italian the spaghetti westerns too? Or oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I haven't done um, I haven't done any of the Sergio Leone films yet, but uh, I, I plan on doing them. You know, you can't talk about them without you know doing Clint Eastwood in there. You know. Ah, uh, so I'm assuming with your knowledge between monsters and uh, and you know westerns. Uh, that that comes over crosses over into your some of your comic book work, I would assume, right? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of superheroes you could say are cowboys. <laughs> if you look at the way they behave and the way that uh, uh, westerns are structured, um, 
you know, the, one of the tenets of a Western is that all conflict is resolved with violence. And, uh, you know, you can't have a superhero story without that, too. So, <laughs> hey, now you back up, buddy. I'm sure I am sure I read a Marvel comic within the past year where they just sit down and talk it out over coffee. Oh, so, well, uh, yes, I, so, I, I stand corrected. If it was if, if from the last like 10 years, there's plenty of them. <laughs> I, think, I think Captain America went up to Zemo and said, this punching stuff and shield throwing's not happening. It hasn't, ha it hasn't worked in years. Let's just go over to the Starbucks, sit down, I'll buy you a mocha frappuccino, and we'll just hash it out like grown adults. What do you say, Zem? And Zemo just went for it. Isn't that modern day? Come on. It, it pretty much. It pretty much. But you'd have the action of them walking into the coffee shop and that 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 negates it right there. Too oh, much damn action. It. <laughs> See, and, and I think I wore this shirt for a reason. The 10 reasons why Kirk are better is better than Picard. And, and there's the one of the reasons right there. Because Kirk always wins by duking it out. Picard <laughs> would sit down over a cup of Earl Grey and try and talk you to death. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, let's talk some Alien Alamo. So why don't you, yes. even though we watched the trailer, give us a quick rundown here of uh, the story, you know, the the, the pitch. Sure. Uh, it takes place in 1957, Texas, uh, on a ranch called the Alamo. And uh, Travis Houston is a World War II vet who's come out of the Pacific uh, as damaged goods. Um and he, he, he's having trouble relating to his son. His wife has died and he's raising his, his son uh, as a single father on his ranch. And uh, uh, the horrors of what he'd seen and done in the war are preventing him from really opening up to his kid. Um, and then the alien invasion comes. And unbeknownst to Travis, this is sort of what he really needs. He needs another war to uh, to to bring him out of his funk and 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 connect him with his son in a way that only combat can. And so uh, the two of them and uh, fellow ranchers and stuff have to uh, basically save the world on this this you know podunk Texas ranch while uh, resolving their um, uh, interrelationship differences. Cool. is this is besides the fact I love that character design for him mm-hmm. Um, is he related, grandfather? No, or, no, he's, he's, he's just a fellow rancher. rancher. Yeah, fellow rancher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his name is uh, Tobias Bedeker, named after Western it's director a... Bud Bedeker. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> going to ask. Well, where did Tobias come from? Did you just add that one in then? Uh, Julie suggested it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's a great name too. That's a real yeah. strong name too. Yeah, I like so, that. That's really good. I saw that. Um, let me scroll down more. You added these. I saw these originally. You posted them on mm -hmm. Facebook. Dude, these are awesome. Oh, yeah. Those are my uh, kind of warm-up sketches to try and uh, get a feel for the uh, um, the body language of the characters. Um, because, you know, I, I try to not draw mannequins that are all the same. You know, I, yeah. I want them to have their own body language, their own look. Um, and doing these preliminary drawings help, helps me to uh, determine like facial expressions and stuff like that. So it was fun to do. Yeah, no, these are fantastic. This face is just, it, it just says so much with so little with the line work, you know? Yeah. It's so tothy, but then also, uh, uh, oh, Roy Crane. 
esque. Oh yeah. You know, my boy. Which I, I know, I know. I was talking to a buddy, a, a good friend of my, my friend that's helping me out on the scripting of First Man is a huge Roy Crane fan. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, he should go watch my uh, uh, storyteller show. One of the first one. Oh, the first one I did was on Roy. Oh, Crane. you know what? I'll have to send him a link to that. Actually, yeah. that's a great idea. I will. I'll send him a link to that. Yeah. He, he loves that stuff. This is just. I don't know which one of these dudes is my favorite. Well, Tobias is mine. I, when I had flipped through and started going down and reading uh, this the other week, um, he reminds me already, and I, I don't know how he's going to be in the story, but I'm already picturing. He reminds me of Sam Elliott. I mean, just the way he's drawn, and I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. So no matter what he talks like in the book, I'm going to be picturing, I'm going to hear Sam Elliott's voice in the comic already. <laughs> Well, you should because uh, he was the basis for the look of the character. Is he? Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's throw this at you then. So if this was ever going to be uh, an audio book, we already know this guy. Mm -hmm. Who are you thinking for the for the son? Do you have anybody in mind? Uh, I guess that's got I don't have call. Uh, you know kids. Uh, if you're talking about an audio book or you're talking about like a movie, um, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have any kids in mind, uh, but the father, Travis, uh, yeah. his look is based on John Krasinski. So um, uh, I, I would go with John Krasinski. Yeah. And Sam cool. Elliott. That'd be cool. Yeah. That is cool. That'd be real cool. Yeah, after I asked, I thought to myself, man, I can't even think of any, like, actors of that age. Yeah. <laughs> just, unless, well, he's too old now, but... How old is maybe when we first saw him? So that's why I'm prefacing it before I say it. When we first saw him, Tom Holland, yeah, Spider Man, yeah, he's too yeah. old now though, because now he's like yeah. 22, 23, I think. Yeah, but when we first saw him, yeah, he could, he, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, he would have been good. Oh, Damn. yeah, I, I was picturing a young uh, uh, Franco. <laughs> Oh, James Franco? James Franco, yeah, it's, uh, when he was real young. <laughs> and in this, man, when I saw this in color, I just got such a great Disney, old school Disney vibe off of it, you know? Yeah. I hope that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate, draw, I, I don't really dig drawing animals. So uh, I've done many uh, drawings of Tonto here just to get really, get get the, the look of, his physicality down and and, yeah. and and sort of that animated look on his face so that I can have him emote oh, yeah. and express. Yeah. These are fantastic for somebody. I, I can't believe you just said, I don't like drawing animals because I can say that and then sketch out a dog that wouldn't look that good. So <laughs> <laughs> you would see it in my sketch. You'd be like, Oh yeah, you really don't like drawing animals because <laughs> you definitely you haven't practiced. Like drawing do you like drawing horses? Being the I do like drawing horses. horses. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like drawing horses, but like uh, uh, dogs and tigers and and uh, those things, uh, cats. You know, uh, I usually have to reference the hell out of them. You know. Okay. So to say, when it comes to horses, though, um, oh, we let's just. Mister Ted says giants. Thank you. My feet aren't that big, though. Coffee talk action, talking about this Cap Zemo. And Scott Clark says, howdy, guys. Well, howdy. Um, I'm trying to think, because I know a lot of what you've worked on. Oh, 
horses, phantom, right? Yeah. That was, I mean, that, that had to be most of it because I mean, what else in your career have you really drawn a lot of horses? Yeah. uh, Phantom was horses and wolves. (laughs) Well, close enough to a dog, at least in, you know, the basic shapes and stuff. Sure. You got Mm -hmm. to practice. Well, that's cool. So we got this, I, I know the campaign's doing well. So we'll go back up real quick here. So 44 is great. What's the next stretch goal? Is it 45 or 50? I don't remember. It's 50. Okay, cool. And that'll add uh, a spot varnish to the main wraparound cover. Nice. Just like uh, the spot varnish I had on the Chinoo, which will really, really make it look cool and really pop it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I just I just backed it um, the other week, mainly because we, we had reviewed your Chinoo. Andy had gotten it, so he had let, loaned it to me so I could read it. And uh, I, I'm a Wisconsin boy, so, you know, I was around in, se- the, in the winter of 77, just a little farther west, and it, it just kind of hit home. It was a great story. I love the art and everything. Oh, thanks. So we, we were chatting about that uh, during the review, and I'm like, well, wow, I hope he's got one up there because I want to buy one of these. And then when I did the Alien Alamo, I know one of yours that, that you could get both of them. So I knew I, I picked up on that one because that was a fun story, too. Great. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate yeah. it. He's got a he's got a fondness for the monster stuff, too. I mean, we all do. And in fact, are you looking forward to Godzilla Kong, Graham? Oh, yeah. They dropped a new some new footage today. Oh, really? I haven't yeah. seen it. Oh, yeah. OK. So you have to hunt that down. Just well, uh, YouTube, I will of definitely. course. But yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is so good. I, I oh, I'm so looking forward to that. So anyway, let's go through some of the perks. Uh, well, I love the fact that you added a grab bag again, even though I'm jumping ahead because yeah. that's new. That just got added today. That's cool, man. I mean, heck, I saw that and I thought to myself, I've got a ton of cops. I might have to steal that idea for the next one. <laughs> Sure. Hey, you know, it's a great way for, you know, in, in this era of COVID where there's no conventions for fans to get old comics that are signed, you know, yeah. and they're right from my own collection. You know, uh, back in the day, DC used to send us 25 copies of everything we did for them. So I've got boxes and boxes of comics going back to the 1980s. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Cool. I thought I had a lot. So we've got the Alien Alamo three pack. You want to go go through the? I'll let you describe all the perks there. Uh, well, I'll have to go to my own page because that's so small I can't read it from here. Oh, I got it. I thought you knew it by heart. No, I got it. So the <laughs> Alien Alamo three pack gets you cover A, which I assume is yours. Yes, that's cover, the wraparound cover. Yep, cover B, which is Aaron, I believe. Aaron Lepresti. Yep. Yep, yeah, and then yep, and cover C, which is Seago Jackson or Butch. Which one is it? Butch. Which guys? Yeah. Okay. And then yep. uh, the mini print as well. Yep. Sweet. That's a very, yeah. that's a, that's, that's a just deal. a placeholder. The butch, the butch cover is just a placeholder. Uh, those are just the pencils. Uh, so he's, he's hoping to get the inks to me this week. Um, so I'll replace that with the inked version and then eventually with the colored version. Who Who's coloring that one? I haven't decided yet. Oh. Uh, who's who's going to color butches yet. Okay. Did Aaron color his own? He did. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know he likes to color his own stuff, but I figured I'd, I'd better ask. I yeah. love to buy grandma beer because you literally have seven claimed. I had, I think, 30 <laughs> on the Chinoo. 
Did you really? Yeah, yeah, because uh, they were. It's an add-on too. So like people were checking out and they, oh, I'll buy Graham a beer, you know. And I think I had like 30, 20 or thirty um, beers to drink. <laughs> I guess. I guess on my next campaign, if I said buy Andy a smoothie, it just wouldn't look as manly. No, you'd have to turn in your man card on that one, bud. So, so, so then the question is, what's the beer? What is the beer that you're going to go buy? Oh well, it depends on the season. You know, my, oh. my palate changes with the season. Oh, well, Dennis is kind of a beer guy, too. So. <laughs> I, I'm, well, I'm let me take it back. Side. If you Dennis, can see through it, I won't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's dark beer that, that flows like mud or it's nothing for Dennis. <laughs> well, you should have tried the Chinoo Brew uh, because I paired up with a brewery uh, during the Chinoo campaign. And they produced a um, Imperial Stout. With a oh. not with a nine ABV, oh. man, it was so tasty. But man, did it have a kick! <laughs> yeah, but Graham, I, you're just teasing us now because you know we can't get it here. I know, I know. That's the I'll problem. just have to drink one for you. What can I tell you? So where where are these Chanu brews? Well, they're in New York. Uh, <laughs> they can't ship out of state. So uh, yeah. You have to road trip it. Road trip. Yep. I was just going to say that is one of the few states that I have not been to yet. So it's it's going to happen now. Are you, you allowed to say how much, how much you have left? Huh? Are what? you able to say how many beers you like have left? Or like how many they brewed or? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. They brewed a huge vat of it. Uh, they're still available in the stores. Um we were closed down. The state, uh, our region was closed down for a while, so nobody could go into the brewery and get it on tap. So, but we've since reopened because of you know fucking COVID. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, I don't know if I can swear on the show or not. Sorry. Of course you can. <laughs> we can. You know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> okay, that's right. Um, uh, so uh, they 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 might even have some still on tap, but I know there's still some cans available. That's cool. That is so cool. Well, once again, you got seven. So have you checked? Have you actually seen other people do add-ons in this campaign with it? I have not checked, actually. So oh, look at this guy. He must live in New York. Chanoo Brew is awesome. Just had one last. Right, Scott. <laughs> I know he's taunting us. I know, man. Not cool, Scott. Not cool. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So you're doing a digital copy for 15. Did you do a digital on the Chanu? I don't remember. I did. Uh, I did. It was a uh, stretch goal. So it went out to, uh, okay. you know, uh, everybody. But that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was a mistake because people ended up getting it that actually didn't back the campaign. So. Oh, so like if somebody brought you a beer. They, is that what you mean? Or wait? Uh, yeah, there was that. Or there was people that, that canceled their orders. Uh-huh. And yet they were still in the 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 system. Oh. Their email was still in the system. So they ended up getting right. it. So this time I, I, I put it up as a as a purchase. Um, no, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That was one of the things I changed with mine this time around. I did not do a digital. So. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, give and take about that. You know, some yeah. people hate it. Some people like it, you know, uh, it was just another option for people that, you know, some people don't want to crack the hard, the, the book, you know, right. or they want to read it on the go, you know? Um, 
So I don't, you know, it's not an all or nothing deal. So yeah, we'll see how it works out. That's cool. And then we've got your wraparound cover A for 25. Mm -hmm. Alien or alien. Aaron Lepresti's cover B for 25 mm -hmm. and Butch's for 25. Mm -hmm. I love this keychain. <laughs> Dude, when I saw that, I, I watched your video when you uh, when you premiered it. Was it last yeah. week? It was last uh, week, wasn't it? Or might have been two weeks ago. Two weeks. That's just I mean, it it, it seems like a no-brainer, but when I saw it. I just think to myself, that's got to be a, a thing to hunt down to find, <laughs> you know, on your end to find to find somebody that can do that because it's going yeah. to be each one's engraved, right? Like the picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's engraved with the, the alien Alamo on it. I was surprised, you know, I'll be honest, I'm surprised that I haven't moved more of them. Um, I, what are we at? 12? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, um, 18. 18. 18. Okay. Uh, I, I thought they would move faster. Um, like when I put the, uh, um, the snow globes up for the Chinoo, yeah. uh, that one was also a no brainer. Uh, mm -hmm. and those, yeah. those moved quicker, uh, than the keychains, which uh, surprises me. How many of the globes did you do? Do you remember? Uh, a hundred. Was that a pain to ship out? Yes. <laughs> this is much easier <laughs> yeah yeah this this will be much easier you know because they were heavy too because of the water you know oh yeah you know did you so, get those you know, produced in new york weight. or hmm? did you get the snow globes produced in new york uh no i bought them uh from a wholesaler uh oh, okay. and i had to put the 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 covers in each one of them oh wow that's a lot wow. of time too. Cause with this, all you have to do is basically get it and sign it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This cool. one's a lot easier for me. That's cool. And I assume that's the type of bullet that would go on the type of gun these guys are hauling. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. a 30, 30 Winchester. 30, 30. Do you happen to own one of these in your own, uh, Graham Nolan arsenal? Yes, I do. Nice. And, and then it's... this is the, this is the one Dennis back the alien Alamo and the Chinoo. So if you missed out on the Chinoo, miss out no more. Mm -hmm. And I can highly recommend it. Like Dennis said, we did a review of it on our show a couple of weeks ago. So it's very yeah, cool. The thing is, is that the Chinoo and Alien Alamo are going to connect story-wise. Now, so, I remember you mentioning that before. And mm -hmm. your follow-up to Alien Alamo will also, you know, connect. Correct. What? So Dennis, I both read the Chinook. So we'll get Alien Alamo because, you know, we both backed it. So mm -hmm. when I'm reading it, I'll actually get that connection. Yes. Or will it be really subtle? Like, because I'm stupid. Uh, so is it, it like Dennis <laughs> is smart. So Dennis will probably pick up on it because he remembers everything. And right. I'm the guy that walks out of a movie and Dennis Perfect. will go, hey, remember when so-and-so said this? And I'll go, did that happen? In so the parking lot. So this is 1957, you said, right? Yes. And then if I remember right, the Chinoo was 77, right? No, the, the Chinoo original was, Chinoo. was 2020. Right, the, the, the second part. But I mean, they had, you had that backup story in the back of it, which did the historical, which what wasn't that the great winner of 77? Correct. Okay. Correct. So you got it from, so there's a connection. So it's like, you're saying it's like a, a Nolan verse uh, mm -hmm. where you've got, 
something going on in 57, something that ties into 77, which then ties into 2020. Yes, because at the end of Alien Alamo, it will we're going to flash forward to 2020 oh. or 2021. And then there's going to be something that will reveal in the that uh, in the next yeah. book that um, uh, how it connects to the Shinu. And then in the third book, it'll be very clear how it connects because two characters will be the main um, protagonists of that story. Okay. Damn you, Graham Nolan. It, <laughs> it does. It just sounds really cool. And, and you know, up until just recently, uh, well, not recently, I've, my, my taste in comics has, has broadened out over the past, you know, 20 years or so outside of just superheroes. But, you know, like I tell everybody, when I first look at campaigns, the first thing I do is look at the art. And if I like the art, generally I'm sold. Mm -hmm. So it just so happens a lot of the other stuff I read that's not, you know, mainstream, more independent stuff, the art sells me and it's not superhero. And that's totally cool. As long as the art's good, story's got to work for me too, of course, but mm -hmm. the art's what generally sells me at first. Right. Um, and uh, just with this, obviously you have, you have done that. Plus <laughs> I like, I like supporting my buddies. Oh, look at that. I just noticed on your uh, little blue line there, you got the Compass Comics logo. Yeah. Nice. So Alien Alamo Monster Island, and this is the original Monster Island you're going along with it? Yeah, the, uh, the eight comic, the, the first thing published under Compass Comics. So if, if you were to if you were to get all 250, because you have it limited to 250, would you you'd still have a couple left over for yourself? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually ha might have more than 250. I just put it at 250 because I haven't gotten all the boxes out to figure out exactly <laughs> how many I have. <laughs> so I might extend that, you know, once I once I get a real head count. Well, that's cool. That's chugging along nicely too. You got 52 there. Yeah. And your grab bag that you mm -hmm. just what put up today? You said. Yeah. Yep. Put you it up today. You got four out of 100 there, so that's very cool. Nice. And you're doing remark. Mm -hmm. Hundred bucks gets you original Graham Nolan remark. Sweet, three out of twenty-five. That's nice. Retail level, something I didn't do. Another great idea, though. Well, it sounds like a great idea, but no retailers have snapped it up. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got time. Yeah, you've yeah, got time. I, I so, did yeah, that, I did that on the Chanu too, um, and I did have uh, I don't know maybe three or four retailers. Uh, yeah. go in on it. But that was it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they don't, uh, you know, try to embrace this, this new, um, you know, distribution system uh, and, and have some of these crowdfunded books in their stores, as well as the stuff that's coming from, from Diamond, you know? Right. I mean, the only thing I can think of, and it comes from the retail it comes from their retail perspective thinking is they look at diamond and they go, well, diamond gives me 40% off. That's, that's like the only reason mm -hmm. I can think is they're going, man, 10%. I don't, you know what I'm saying? They can't mark it up enough to make it go. Oh yeah. That's worth it for me because yeah, that's only for five copies. The 10 copies is 20% off. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't got down there yet or wait. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Down here. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a good, well, you got one. So hopefully you will get more at that one. Oh, I did get one at that. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. There's one. And then you got your original head sketch mm -hmm. because the remark, like you said, that's, I believe in the Chanel, was that the inside front cover? You had the yes. square. Okay. So yep. that's same thing on this inside front cover. No, uh, uh, for the, the remark, the remark. Yes. Yeah. I'll, cool. I'll have that same, same, um, layout system set up, uh, for the inside front cover with that. The reason I do it on the inside is so it doesn't mar the cover, but mm -hmm. also it gives me a dedicated white space to draw it so that you can actually see what the hell it is, you know? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And then the head sketch is, you know, a, a six by nine, uh, head sketch on, on Bristol, you know, yeah. um, and that will fit right in with the comic. Yeah. So it's there's no extra cost to ship it, you know. Got it. That's cool. Got nine of those. Mm -hmm. Your retailer and then your original art level. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Look now, is this the piece they get? The Spider Woman or Spider Girl? Yeah. Not Spider yeah, Woman. The Spider Woman number nine, I think. Yep. It's number nine. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. You inked it as well. I thought oh, Randy yeah. inked all that stuff over you. I didn't know you inked an issue of it over Randy yourself. Randy inked the interiors. Oh, this is the cover. Oh. Yeah, that's the cover. Graham, I don't read. I just look at pictures. Did we not cover <laughs> this earlier? <laughs> it's becoming very clear. Come on, Graham. <laughs> but but that was that was before the show started, Andy. Oh right. <laughs> it's like Dennis is trying to get me to watch these movies on Netflix that were made in Korea, and I'm like, if they're not, if they're subtitled, I'm not watching it. I'm not reading my, I'm not reading my movie. I want to see he some won't. bad English dubbing. I've tried really hard. He just won't do it. No. <laughs> reading is only fundamental when I'm in school. Once I graduate school, it's not fundamental anymore. Uh, original art level two, another cover. Mm -hmm. Yes, Airboy. Nice. Yeah. It's the toxic masculinity cover. <laughs> Mexican standoff picture. Nice. <laughs> and then is this the, oh, you're doing the, the cover to uh, Alien Alamo, huh? Nice. Well, this, yeah, that's the mini print. That's the art. Oh, the mini print. Right. Yeah. The mini print. Sorry. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very yeah. cool. But the art's not mini. The art's full size, 11 by 17. Right. And then, and I was going to ask you about this, become a character. I, I was going to question if you had that one in here again. Yeah. So very cool. That's cool, man. This is yeah. great. Like I said, yeah. I, I, I love the stuff you're doing. Um, I just, you know, from an art side of things, it, it, it really plays on the stuff I like, which is, uh, you know, Alex Toth type stuff um classic comic strip looking work you know mm -hmm. i've always really loved i told you i've got your two uh fan phantom reprint books oh right yeah bookshelf oh you know? cool so i think this looks great i know dennis had some questions for you because i know you so i'm like dennis you need to come up with questions i know graham too well <laughs> well i i knew your mainstream stuff um you know with dc um, I'm more of a Marvel guy, but, you know, I, I did obviously the vengeance of Bane and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Superman, you know, I know you did a Joker book, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I remember you through basically like 2000, you know, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. 
And then I, I, I had just seen, so I'm not all that familiar with Monster Island, which is now that's piqued my interest because I, and I don't know how I missed it when I was on your page the other week. Um, so I do want to find out a little bit about that, but you know, what did you do? Um, when did you wind up fit, stopping with DC and then what did you kind of do from there? Cause I don't know your whole history. Well, around 1998, um, things were starting to change. Uh, in the comic industry, the, it was starting to implode from all the uh, speculator dollars that were in comics at that point. So uh, sales were down, editors were leaving, and um, uh, some of my editors were leaving. You know, work was starting to dry up. Uh, so I decided. Uh, also, the the style of the comics were were turning darker and grittier, and and and, and the female characters were more sexualized and. I had young daughters and I couldn't give them comics that, that my mom could give me, you know, uh, like, you know, she could go to a spinner rack, pick up Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, a flash uh, Hulk, whatever. The only one that ever gave her pause was Conan. Um, but she never had to look through the stuff. And, and when my daughters were young, DC used to ship me everything that they published. So every month I'd get a huge box with everything in it. And I couldn't give her those classic comics. The only stuff I could give them, was uh, the Scooby-Doo stuff and the Warner Brothers stuff uh, okay. and maybe an occasional thing. So uh, I decided to publish my own comic for my daughters. And that's how Monster Island came about. It was a true all ages comic that my friends could read and enjoy and my daughters could read and enjoy. Uh, th the same way that people used to read the comic strips in the 40s, you know, adults read them all the time and so did kids. And yet, you know, they can enjoy them on different levels. So that's basically uh, uh, how that came about. Um, so I, I did that uh, and I timed it badly because it was right as everything was imploding, as I mentioned. And um, so I went back. I started working at Marvel around uh, 2000, uh, had a bunch of work for them. And then uh, by the end of... Uh, no, I, I would say, you know, like mid 2000, I actually uh, uh, I was trying to get Monster Island syndicated as a newspaper strip. And they all all the syndicates said we can't sell a continuity strip anymore. There, there's just no market for it. But King Features contacted me about doing one of their strips, uh, a medical soap opera called Rex Morgan, M.D. And uh, uh, I ended up taking that job. Uh, and so I was. I, I got out of comic books and started working in comic strips for the newspapers for about 13 years. Oh. So, you know, I illustrated Rex Morgan, MD. And then about a month later, they offered me the Phantom. And uh, I did that uh, for about six years until they screwed me. And then I quit. And then <laughs> I, I didn't know that's what oh, happened. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They had promised me the Phantom. Because uh, when they when they offered me Rex Morgan, I said, well, what I really want to do is the Phantom. Sure. They said, well, we don't have any openings on that yet. And then a month later, they call me and say, hey, the, the Sunday's available. Do you want it? And I said, yeah. And so I had I had gone into New York and, and sat down with Jay Kennedy, the uh, the editor in chief there. And, um, you know, he said, you know, once once because they don't like to make changes. Right. Uh, syndicates don't like to make changes, not like comic book companies. So they let the guy run out his 
into retirement, you know, even though the, the quality of the strip was really, really diving and it was affecting their, um, their overseas licensing. But so they waited till, till he retired. And then when he did, I was supposed to get the daily strips and they didn't give them to me. They wanted me to try out for them uh, uh, with Paul Ryan. Now, now, Paul Ryan came in because he was doing work for Egmont, which was uh, um, the Swedish publisher and one of the biggest licensors of the Phantom because the, the Phantom's huge over in, in Sweden and Norway and Australia, actually. Um, so uh, Egmont said, we, you know, we, we went through your guy for so long the the older guy, uh, we want to have a say in who's going to do the daily because it affected our sales. And instead of having some balls and saying, well, the guy who's doing the Sunday that everybody loves, Graham Nolan's going to do it. Um, they said that, you know, they wanted Paul Ryan because Paul had worked for them, you know, doing stuff in their comic book line. So, you know, he was a known entity to them uh, and into their readers. And so, King Feature says, well, what we want to do is have you pencil it and we'll have Paul ink it. And I said, no, uh, you promised me this whole thing. I've been waiting around for like six years for it. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's all or nothing. And he said, well, it'll have to be nothing then. And I said, fine. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at that point, I was already uh, getting ready to unload the Sunday, too. And eventually I just said, well, why don't you give him the Sunday, too? And I left. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, I didn't know how Paul, I knew Paul was doing it, but I didn't know how it all came about and stuff. Yeah. And it's I so had weird no because against Paul, because Paul oh, was no. a heck of a nice guy. You know, yeah. really like Paul. It's unfortunate he passed away so young. Yeah, no, Paul was a great guy. And it, just their thinking, though, to me, doesn't seem to make sense because, well, the strip is seen worldwide. So I guess that's what they were trying to go with. I don't know. I would have obviously like King Features. I would have been like, well, yeah, give it to Graham because he's doing the Sunday. So particularly since they already promised it to me. Well, that too. <laughs> the issue I had was was that they didn't have they own the character. So they just didn't have the balls to tell them, no, 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 don't worry. This is going to be great. Oh. He's going to do it. You know, they they kowtowed right. to the pressure. You know, right. So that, that was where my biggest beef was, is that he wasn't a stand up guy. So they, they, oh. they promised it with a handshake, it sounds like. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. That stinks. That stinks. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, uh, I, I often thought, well, if, if they had given me the dailies and the Sundays, um, you know, it, it was halfway decent money. It was a lot of work. Uh, I would have dropped Rex. And it would have just done that. And I probably could have rode that into retirement is what I was thinking. But yeah. looking at the state of the business and the state of newspapers now, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, so um, working for the syndicates is soul sucking, too. There's They, they just don't care. So, right. <laughs> so uh, you know, it was it was just killing me creatively, you know. Um, so it was actually for the best that it all worked out that I got out of there and got back into comics, regular comics for a little bit, and then started branching off into creator own stuff. Oh, that's right. cool. And, and is that how Monster Island came around? Because that's kind of piqued my interest here. <laughs> well, I just told the story about Monster Island. Uh, that yeah. 
it, it had to do with, uh, you know, not having comics I could give my kids. Right. All right. So, but I mean, that was, all right. So how much of it, uh, Monster Island is out there? Cause I, I saw the one that was in here. I, I'm just curious how, how big of a, like a universe it is. Well, there was, it was a one standalone book. And oh, then okay. just a couple of years ago, um, uh, ominous press, uh, republished it as a art book, as a hardcover scan from the original art. And then they, then we also did, um, the return to monster Island, the sequel to it as a hardcover. And those are still available on, on Indiegogo. If okay. you uh, do a, a search for, I don't know, Andy, would it be under ominous? I it, well, I would think you could just type in monster Island. Yeah. Or return to monster Island. Or return. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would think, or the just ominous press. I, I would think they'd be on the website as well. Yeah. So. Andy was the art director. So. Yeah. I art directed that stuff. Next time you come over, I can show them to you. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to add switching gears because see, I say so you grew up watching Westerns and, and that. And when I grew up every Saturday, I remember Tarzan was on. It was a different Tarzan movie. It was every Saturday and they just bounced around. So like one Saturday, you might have Weissmuller. The next Saturday, you might have Gordon Scott. The next Saturday, you might have Mike Henry. Um, right. So one, Tarzan or Conan? <laughs> Who do you prefer? Uh, well, uh, literarily, literally, I mean, the, just the, in the general. Just, I don't if, like Tarzan movies. I hate them. Uh, because they're nothing like the Burroughs books. Well, that's yeah, okay. I and I've read those, by the way. Yeah, so, and not the not the comics, but the actual. I've got the novels on my bookshelf with the Neil Adams covers. So uh, okay, so that's yeah, what got me to read those. The, but the, um, the first like eight uh, Burroughs books are, are are great. Yeah. Um, I I don't but know. I would say I, from the stance of if if you were if if you were going to draw a story arc. Of one, who would you rather draw, Conan or Tarzan? Uh, both. Uh, I, I love. Oh, you both. can't say both. You yes, can't say I both. Can. I, I'm an American. I'm free, man. <laughs> oh, God I can say what the hell I want to say. Damn it! Canceled. Ride that fence, Ride that fence. That's fine. Just walk that fence. Because I, I can, I can say right out of the gate, Tarzan, no problem. I've just mm -hmm. always. You know, and I and I I haven't drawn Conan professionally. I drew Claw, so mm -hmm. you know DC's ripoff, close right. enough. Yeah. So since I've done that, I definitely would love to do Tarzan, but yeah. I figured I'd throw that out there. As yeah, well. yeah. I, I, you know, years ago it would have been Conan easy. Uh, yeah. But, and later, I don't know, uh, about twenty five years ago or so, I, I I started reading the Burroughs books, and those early ones were so uh, romantic, so poetic. Uh, and I really loved him. But then later on, it, it became evident that Burroughs, you know, he wanted to write a Roman story and he couldn't sell it. So he made Tarzan versus the Roman Romans, oh, you know, less about Tarzan and more about whatever it, he was interested in writing. Right. Um, all the all the Robert E. Howard Conans are great. You now, know, see I, that that I can actually say I've never read a Conan novel. So. Oh, man, you don't know oh. Conan. You've read Robert E. Howard's version. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to try it. Oh, yeah. Dennis, you have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I see Eric McIntyre. He's going Conan. I kind of agree with him. I like them both, but if there was a choice for me, it would be Conan. And 
the the novels were great. I used to have some at one time, but when we moved, I had to get rid of some of my stuff and couldn't couldn't get rid of my comics, so I got rid of novels. All right, <laughs> you're both big Star Trek guys. I know we went over this on the Star Trek thing show we did on your channel, Graham. But now that I've got two big Star Trekkers together here. Graham, what's your favorite episode? One more time. Uh, Corbin Mike Maneuver. Dennis, what's uh, your favorite? Is that because of Clint Howard? <laughs> oh, was Clint Howard in it? Yeah. He's the yeah, he's, he's the alien. Baylor. He's Baylor. Hey, haven't seen it. Don't know that. Yeah. But first, the Tranya. I hope you relish it as much as I. <laughs> How old was he in that thing? Like eight, six? Yeah, nine. I was going to say, he was just a little kid, right? Yeah, is he, is he younger than Ron or older than Ron? Younger. He's the younger okay. brother. And Dennis, what's your favorite episode? You know, I have several. Uh, um, God damn it, Dennis. I said favorite. I know. Man. Well, I can't read that. Sitting really? on the edge of forever. Sitting on the edge of forever. You know, the problem is there. there's so many good ones. Space Seat is enjoyable. Um, love that one. Doomsday Machine is one of our balance and tear. It depends on my mood. If I am in the mood for like a World War II submarine kind of thing, balance and tear, I can sit down and watch any day of the week. But just from a pure acting and story standpoint, City on the Edge Forever is just a complete package. So there's a lot of good ones, but that, I, if I have to pick, I would go that one. That whole muster for you, Graham, is that a good episode? Yeah, uh, it's a really good episode. I, I think it's a little overrated because of Harlan Ellison and, and uh, all the mystique around it. Um, and how it, it got changed so much by Roddenberry. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that Ellison, you know, wrote this story where it was like impossible to shoot it because it was going to be so damn expensive. Because uh -huh. um, of the alien, there was there was aliens involved in it, um, you know, and so there's a lot of changes to it. Um, it. It's 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 good. I mean, I like it a lot, but um, I think the, the very first Trek episode that was ever filmed, uh, which was Balance of Terror, uh, was a Corbomite maneuver as a series. Yep. The first one was filmed as a series. Uh, really, really hits all the notes for me. You know, Kirk, the way he is, he's uh, so in command and how he and bones tee off. And uh, I just, I, I just love that one. Now, how many, yeah. I, like I said, not being not a, a, a huge fan of the stuff. I mean, I like it, but I didn't know Harlan Ellison even wrote any. Did he write more than just the one or no, yeah. just one and done. Yeah. Well, that one was supposed to be early on in the season and it just kept getting pushed back, pushed back. He didn't turn in the script and it was finally one of the last ones filmed. Real well, yeah. that couldn't have been first season, right? That yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, it's first season. Oh, really? Any other yeah. notable guest writers in in the three seasons of Star Trek? Oh, the first first season uh, had uh, Theodore Sturgeon. Uh, okay. uh, had um, I forget his first name? Spinrad. Uh, all these science fiction writers of the day. Uh, Isaac Asimov uh, was there. He didn't write a story. Oh, wow. but he, oh. he was there as a um, like a go-to guy. Yeah. Um, they had like, like the propulsion lab that they would run science by to make sure that these things were plausible. Did um, 
but I assume after whoever wrote it, did Roddenberry, I assume, have final say? Oh, yeah. Over all the scripts? Yeah. He went back and tweaked a lot of them. That's That was my next question. So he went back and tweaked a lot, too, and stuff. Yeah. Did he... But he had to have written... I mean, I assume this is a dumb question. Roddenberry had to have written just episodes by himself, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm learning Norman these things. That was it, Norman. <laughs> Couldn't oh, remember. There you go. Well, that's very cool. Uh, I know Graham has a phaser. Dennis, do you have a phaser in your house somewhere? Uh, not yeah, a, you know, a gun. Right over here. <laughs> Does it work? Well, when you say work, does it make sounds light up? Yes. And stuff? Yes. Does it mean can I shoot a wall out? No. <laughs> no I would yeah. hope not. <laughs> Although, if you do go on YouTube, somebody created this is a few years ago an actual working phaser, where they actually put an actual laser into the tip, and when you fire, they've got it with like black balloons and stuff up there. And you pull it, and you've got the phaser, and you hear it go off, and you can sit there and pop the balloons from across the room with an actual working laser. Hmm. I have not done that yet. <laughs> but you want I'll to. i wait till my son comes home from school <laughs> from, from California. Why? Because he's a physicist. If anybody oh, okay. can put together something for me, he can rework it. Yeah, he's not <laughs> going to do that for you. I know. He doesn't. He doesn't care that much. He's not into Star Trek, is he? No, not like me. I do have the working communicator that actually pairs with the phones and everything like that, and works on it. And that that's a lot of fun. Really, really good detail and stuff on that. So you know, I've got most of the fun stuff, but eh, I I don't have any of the original props. I got a I got a couple of props from Star Wars. Um, but I, I don't have any of the original props from from Star Trek, which which saddens me. Oh, I know. Hey, Graham, did your uh, did your daughters get any love of Star Trek and westerns and stuff from you, or nothing? Nothing. <laughs> no, just <laughs> nope. Nope. Their eyes glaze over when either of those things are mentioned. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my, my kids too. My even on comics, you know, they. Grew I was just say, what about this? What about uh superhero movies, superhero stuff, Graham? Nothing. Um, my oldest Sarah likes likes that stuff. She she likes geek culture. Uh, yeah. She was into like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Uh, um, and she likes the Marvel movies. In fact, her her uh, boyfriend works on the Marvel movies. Uh, he's because uh, they live in Atlanta. And uh, he uh, is a location scout. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So he's worked on a lot of them. Oh, that's cool. But do they still just go, yeah, my dad created Bane. <laughs> Does that get him anywhere? Will that get him a seat at a restaurant? Know. I don't know. I, I, You know how it is as a parent. You know, you don't want people to know. You know, so. <laughs> that's not going to get him a seat at a restaurant. Graham, you've never tried that? You and Julie go out and they're all booked up and you're like, uh, come here. I need to talk to you privately. No, I'm not going to give you a 20. You know I just want I you am. to know. Do you, do you know who I am? <laughs> and you put out the Bane mask and you put it on. You go, this guy, he lives I because of me. You. <laughs> That's never gotten you a table anywhere? What the hell, Grant? Well, it's gotten me thrown out of bars, but uh, it's never gotten me a table. <laughs> Well, that's just sad. It is All sad. Right. No respect for creators. 
Let's, uh, Dennis, I want to share your screen again because your audio works better for the video. So we're going to show the video one more time for uh, Graham's campaign, Alien Alamo. Hold on now. Let me get it up here. I know. Really? There, just sell it when you're ready. Go ahead. It's All right. Up. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I love the burn through. I know that's your favorite part of the video. Yeah, from the thing from another world. I know. That's the, He did your first video for Chanu, right? Yes. Yeah. Guy? Was the yeah. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to contact him. Oh, one last question on it. And mm -hmm. it's because it's just a yes or no, because I don't want spoilers, but I can take this unless you don't want to give it away. Even say yes or no. Do we okay. find out what happened to the guy's wife? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll get mentioned. It, it's sort of just backstory, right? Uh, but we, but we do find out why she, yes. how she passed away and stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I yeah. just like to know those little details. That's all. Yeah, so. <laughs> it helps. It helps. So there you go, guys. Uh, Alien Alamo, Graham Nolan's campaign. It's going now on Indiegogo. The link is in the chat. Please go check it out. Please back it if you like uh, really fun comics this is one of them uh this guy liked it oh look he just answered it he ruined it for me <laughs> oh, man. i knew i shouldn't have mentioned that damn it now i know how they intersect son of a bitch but, <laughs> but now now why would you post it then andy because now because now if it's ruined it. for me it's ruined for everyone now, wait a minute andy uh are there any blizzards in texas uh, did you see Art to Bear's timeline this morning? Standing no, in, it's not a blizzard. This is not even, snow. I know it's a joke. <laughs> if if we got that amount of snow here in Charlotte, they would shut down for a week. And I'm not even kidding, Dennis. We knows. got 16 inches coming tonight. I think. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, I do not miss that. Honestly, I can say I do not miss that. Miss Wisconsin snow anymore. Yeah. Hey, yeah your gym's still shut down. Hasn't been too bad, uh, but um, yeah, there's a, 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 a storm warning uh, up until like tomorrow or something sometime. And I think they're saying about 16 inches, but that usually means about an inch and a half. <laughs> oh, they over-exaggerate that much too, huh? Well, you know, they just get it wrong. I mean, the only oh. thing that gets it, that gets anything more wrong is Joe Biden. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's not saying much. 
Hey, do, yeah. are the gyms open up there? Yeah. Oh, so you've been, how, when did they open up again? How long ago? Well, they opened up back in uh, September and then I we got shut them down. Then we got closed down again in November. Yeah. And then they reopened um, like three weeks later. So you're hitting a gym again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to wear a mask the whole time, though? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, no, they have to do that here. Dennis goes. He has to do that here. Yeah, so. Monday through Friday. And we were just talking about it this morning. And because, of course, they they you get all the TVs at the gym. And they were talking about, well, COVID's down 70%. Thanks in due part due to double masking. And I was actually on the phone. And I'm like, double masking? This is CNN. And I'm like, so she says, is there anybody in there? I'm like, well. Everybody here's got a mask on. Four of them got them pulled down on over their chin, so it's not covering anything. And I'm like, nope. Out of about the 30 people, not a single person has a double mask on. I haven't seen anybody wearing a double mask. And then somebody, then they were talking about, well, triple masking's even more. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, can't do. You this. know what? A hazmat suit's even better. So what? maybe we should all wear a hazmat suit, you know, and live in this this rarefied world where there is no germs, you know. Well, here's the joke, though. So you guys have heard the joke. If a black box can can uh, survive a plane crash, why don't you make the plane out of the black box? That's the joke. Right. Now, obviously, that's a joke. That's impossible. But if a double mask works, well, why don't you just use whatever material it would take? to make a double mask. That's actually being serious. They could do that. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It's just not even, it, oh, don't even get me started. Just, yeah. Do, we met Dennis and his wife, you know, the four of us went out to dinner Saturday night uh -huh. and it just kills me because you have to wear a mask walking to the, into the restaurant to your table. So right. I walk 10 feet, I sit down, I take it off. And I'm like, COVID safe. Nothing's right. getting me at this booth. That's right. You see, I feel bad for kids because um, obviously, uh, uh, actually, no, I don't feel bad for the kids because uh, uh, COVID only exists at about six feet high and, and higher. Uh, because when you sit down at a table, there's no COVID. So obviously it rises like hot air. So, um, you know, I think if we all just squat and walk around like that, we don't have to wear masks. You know, we just kind of scoot around under the six foot limit and then we won't get COVID. That's true. You don't get it in a restaurant. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, we, we did get a comment. Uh, it looks like Dennis uh, Gildenhall Jensen, hopefully I'm pronouncing oh. it right. <laughs> it must be an American thing. Yeah, it is. CD, CDC came out and said that it's it's recommended to double mask. And they. I'm not joking when they have been talking about triple masking and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> So here we go, though. This is good for the campaign. Hopefully, Eric jumps on the grab bag. Hopefully, we do get it, you Eric, one of those. Do it. Do it. That's right. Eric's a good cat. I like Eric. Yeah, that'd be great, Eric. Yeah, no, unfortunately, it is uh, it is not a joke with uh, with it. Let's see. What's it? Oh, here you go. I mean, this makes sense. See that? I, have you ever heard? <laughs> I, right? Got a point. I don't see many dwarfs. How insensitive. It, it's little people. Oh, I said dwarf. We don't now call them midgets or dwarfs anymore. I mean, come on. Get with this times, Andy. Cancel. I'm canceling you. Too late. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Graham, thank you so much for being a part of the Dennis and Andy show. Thanks, guys. We, thanks for having me on. Yep, thanks.
We hope you enjoyed it, everyone. And uh, Dennis and I will be back on Wednesday. Always hit the like, subscribe, and notifications bell. And Plus, you uh, Wednesday. You can go back and actually, if you missed any of the beginning, you can go back and rewatch the beginning of the episode on our right. uh, YouTube or find us on the Facebook. And, and Wednesday, show, we're going to be talking about um, CGC versus CBCS versus PGX versus just keeping them raw. He's talking about his comics, by the way. Just want to clear that up. Dennis, you know, <laughs> come on, Dennis, clear that up, man. Good I Lord. thought it was a diagnosis. I know, right? <laughs> what do you got? I got everybody. And I got PC here. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all Wednesday. Yep, see you later. Bye. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, later friends. friends.